the Steelers Standard on Steelers Nation Radio and Podcast on Steelers.com. And welcome to the Steelers Standard. I'm Kellen Gersky, joined by Jacob Recht. We are um, today, Jacob, we're going to look at the um, I know now I should preface this. I know a lot of people don't like pro football focus, but I think this is a really interesting article and it really tells you the shape of the NFL. Um, they rank the 50 best players in the NFL right now. Um, we're going to take a look at those and, and I should probably read this really quick just to um, preface it. It's not necessarily, you know, most valuable. It's not based on position, but I'll read what they say here. This ranking below is a position, a projection of what we think will happen and not necessarily a reaction to a spectacular or underwhelming 2020 season. Additionally, positional value is not considered here, as I just said. So safeties, guards, running backs have just as good of a chance to rank highly as quarterbacks who would obviously dominate this list if positional value was heavily factored. Obviously, we know the most important position on the field is the quarterback and, you know, Tom Brady, you know, based on. Um, most importance, Brady and Mahomes would be one and two. And, you know, I'll be honest with you, they're both in the top five. So it gives you a, a little sure, in indication yeah. of of where they are. But I think this is really interesting. And um, I should say this now, there are only two Steelers in this uh, top 50 list. And you can probably guess who they are, too. Yeah, it was one's one that was left out. And we'll talk about they wrote another article about. Um, I think it was 12 guys that were just outside of the list, so it'd be like the top, what is that, 62? 62, yeah. Um, there, there's one guy I know for sure in that list that might surprise some people that's from the Steelers, but there are two in the top 50. And again, taking into consideration here, this is both offense and defense. So uh, let's take a dive in it. Let's just start at number 50, Jacob. Um, they have Dak Prescott, the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys at number 50. We all know what happened last year. I would um, go higher just because. Maybe maybe that's the reason why. Because this, of the injury. If this injury. had anything to do with the injury related, yeah. I get that. But, I mean, I think if he was fully healthy, he'd be way up. Way yeah. Up. I mean, in five weeks, he threw for 1,856 right. yards. Yeah. I mean, that's that's pretty good. And then also accounted for the same number of total touchdowns that Daniel Jones recorded over the full season for the Giants. So right. gives you a little indication. I know Jones was beat up, too. But. Yeah, if Dak Prescott's healthy, and, and again, this article, too, can give us a little shape of, you know, what the teams are going to look like. If Dak can stay healthy and that offense can stay healthy, man, Dallas is a scary team, but they're also scary because of the inconsistency, too. Mm -hmm, definitely. I think Dak is by far the most valuable player to that team, and you saw that last year. Yeah, no doubt. About, I mean, when he went down, they were a completely mm -hmm. different football team. There's no question about that. Number 49 is Levante David, the linebacker from the Tampa Bay, the Tampa Bay Bucks? Um, you know, I, I don't interested to see how many Bucks make this list. Too. There's going to be a bunch. Yeah. I'll be honest with you. There's a bunch. I mean, there's and if one Levante here. David, who is what I consider to be one of their better players, yeah. coming in at 49. That's not a good sign if you're not a Tampa Bay Bucks fan. Yeah, no doubt. And, and it says here that the write up about David. It just talks about in the Super Bowl. Um, he was the only player that was able to consistently cover Travis Kelsey. It's not an easy thing to do by any stretch of the imagination. No, maybe one of the harder pass catchers, maybe yeah. one of the hardest pass catchers. And don't forget, too, Levante David's 31. I mean, he's he's only getting older, but, man, uh, he stays healthy. I mean, again, we're going to talk about the Bucks a lot when we go through this list, but Levante David, if he stays healthy, that linebacking core is good. Um, um, 
the um, Devin White. Uh, I was almost said Devin Bush, but obviously that's not who I was thinking of. The two Devins, obviously, but um, yeah, Devin White is, is emerged there too. Um, that's a great defense, and again, uh, they showed what they could do against Kansas City. I know Kansas City was beat up, but it's not an easy thing to do, and he's a big reason why is Levante David. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Um, 48, they have Marcus Williams, the safety of the New Orleans Saints. It says Williams has four straight seasons of solid PFF grades, and two of those years were outstanding with a mark of 88.2 or better. Complete safety who can defend the run as well as make an impact on coverage. There's no doubt about that. I don't know. Ugh, I don't know how much impact he'll have this year. I mean, the Saints aren't going to be very good. Their defense still has a, a chance to be good, but is that going to be the case with either Jameis Winston or uh-huh. Taysom Hill playing quarterback? It puts a lot more onus on your defense. I definitely think it does, and the fact that he made the list, I think, goes to show how much value he does bring to that team because you think of the New Orleans Saints in the defense, you think of Cam Jordan. Yeah, and he'll be on this list for oh, sure. Oh, yeah, for sure. But the fact that Marcus Williams is also included goes to show it's not just a one-man show on no, that defense. No, it's not. And, and we'll again, we'll see what happens with – you know, and <laughs> not having an all-time great at quarterback anymore in, in Drew Brees. And, again, that's a big question mark. Uh, put it this way, you're not going to see um, Taysom Hill or, um, or uh, oh, goodness, I just Jameis Winston on this top 50 list by any stretch. So, again, the onus is going to be on um, the New Orleans defense, and Marcus Williams has been really good over the last uh, handful of years. Moving on to 47, it's James Bradbury, the corner from the New York Giants. Um, Bradbury is not bad at all. And I'll tell you this too. The New York Giants defense was really good last year. Yeah. I mean, we always, really good. we always talk about that Seattle Seahawks game, yeah. in which they won 15 to nine. <laughs> yeah. That was kind of the start of the, not necessarily collapse, but we started to see the Seahawks kind of wane and that came that the catalyst game was that New York Giants game. And, and inversely, that was kind of the, the beginning of the rise of the New York Giants. Everyone was saying, was riding them off once Saquon Barkley went down yep. in week two. Daniel Jones was inconsistently healthy or not healthy or unavailable. But once that Seahawks game came, they kind of went on this little streak and they made a run for the playoffs and it eventually went to the Washington yeah. football team. But the New York Giants were definitely competitive and James Bradbury had a lot to do with it. They were, they were uh, mathematically uh, available to go to the playoffs until the last week of the year. And that's really, as you said, when you lose Saquon Barkley and when you lose... Well, you kind of lost Daniel Jones for, you know, little periods of time when he wasn't healthy. What more can you really ask for? I mean, that that was, again, the onus was on the defense, and it says here about Bradbury, um, he had the career, his career best coverage grades in his first season with, or in the NFC East, recording 14 pass breakups, one of the league leads, and then only allowing a pass rating of just 70.1 on throws his way. So, again, we've talked about the the, uh, NFC East a little bit, but, if that defense stays together, and obviously Bradbury is a big reason, a big part of that, they could be a little scary. Not to say they're going to knock sure. off Dallas, but it could be a dark horse maybe sure. to make the playoffs. Um, no doubt about it. And then this guy uh, at 46, a guy the Steelers, that Steelers fans are very familiar with, mm-hmm. Ronnie Stanley, uh, tackle for the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, he may be the best, the best pass protector in the entire NFL at any position yeah, according it's, to PFF. It's annoying if you're a Steelers fan yeah. because the, Ra- the Ravens just – lost Marshall Yonda to retirement just a short time ago. And now, of course, Ronnie Stanley has kind of filled different position. Yeah, but Marshall Yonda that. was the guard, but Stanley's the tackle. But still, yeah. the, the best, maybe the best lineman in the NFL. 
He has surrendered just 16 total pressures across his last 719 pass blocking snaps. That's not that's not a sack. That's not a quarterback hit. That's just a, a simple pressure. And then here, uh, he's allowed his quarterback to be hit or sacked in just three times in that 719 uh, yeah. pass blocking snap period. That's pretty impressive, obviously, um, for the Baltimore Ravens tackle. And again, that's a guy the Steeler that Steelers fans are all too familiar with and. You know, last year I know he had an injury shortened year, but at the same time, poo, uh, the good, Ravens yeah. again. I mean, they're they're predicated on running the football. I don't know how much Big Al is going to help that, but man, uh, Ronnie Stanley is that dude. I mean, he's one of the best, obviously. Mm -hmm. um, at forty five, this is a little low for me, but then again, so I want to do these two guys together, like together, because forty five yeah. is Stefan Diggs and forty four Michael Thomas is Michael yeah. Thomas, and I wouldn't have Michael Thomas anywhere near Stefan Diggs after the year the two of them had last year. I think I think Diggs should be up near closer to thirty or yeah. in the in the um, high twenties. I'm I'm sure Michael Thomas is appropriately ranked. Oh, sure, but there's no way that Michael Thomas should be ranked above Stefan yeah. Diggs. Yeah, I mean, it, when you look at Diggs, Diggs, I mean, he was unbelievable last year. Just think about what he did to the Pittsburgh Steelers last year, and that should give you an indication of what he did throughout the entire league. I mean, look at what he did in the playoffs, too. He was a beast in the playoffs, was Stephon Diggs. And also, he saw 21 more targets, hauled in 25 more receptions, and tallied 403 yards more than he had in any single season to date and caught those passes at a higher rate, 78.4. Mm -hmm. um, that rate was higher than any other season in his career. Um, again, I, I think Diggs had an unbelievable year. And as you said, it's not that Michael Thomas is – a bad receiver or that he doesn't deserve to be in the top 50 or, you know, maybe even Thomas deserves to be over 40 or in the forties. Right. Um, I mean, 44 is not too bad, maybe closer to a little closer to 30. But again, um, I mean, these two guys, I think Diggs is on the uptrend right. and Thomas is on a slight, not necessarily downturn. because of his own talent, but because of the oh, quarterback right, talent right. that he How, has available to him. I don't know if my, if we, if they do this list next year, he still might be in the top 50 just because of the fact that mm -hmm. he's Michael Thomas and he's been really good over the last, if Michael Thomas know. was this elite receiver, it wouldn't have mattered if it was Drew Brees, J Jameis Winston or Taysom Hill throwing the ball, he would have still been able to produce, and he didn't necessarily do that no. to, a, to a to a elite degree. Yeah, we'll see what happens with Thomas there, but I agree with you. I think Stephon Diggs at 45 in a top 50 list across the entire NFL mm -hmm. is way too low just because of the value that he brings right. in the matchup especially, nightmare. Especially now moving ahead to 43, Teron Armstead, who I get, you know, is is a good guy to have on your team. It's someone that I wish the Steelers had, considering the Steelers tackle <laughs> you ain't dilemma. Kidding. But to me, I mean, I don't think he's one of the top ten at his position. So if he's not a top ten guy at his position, how do you make the top fifty list across all players? Yeah, I mean, you just look at his run blocking grade of seventy seven point five. It's fifteenth among all tackles in the league. That's league average i suppose at tackle um but yeah i mean you're right i don't know if armstead i mean it's probably more um it's probably more so just name value yeah. and the fact that he's been there and done and he was one of the top guys a couple handful of years ago now he he's on that downturn but again sure. still a, a really really good player next guy is a guy that i really like is the defensive lineman grady jarrett uh, of the uh, atlanta falcons this guy deserves a lot more credit yeah than he does i mean he's on a 
the team that just you know can't. This is the only yeah, yeah. This is the only saving grace for the Atlanta Falcons, maybe yeah. offensively or defensively. When you consider the mishandling of the Julio Jones situation, now that it's basically just Matt Ryan and and Calvin Ridley, we'll see how they handle uh, Kyle Pitts there. Right. But I think right now. Grady Jarrett is the most undervalued person on that team. Yeah, uh, no doubt about it. And it, it mentions here how bad the defense has been over the last handful of years, yet he has been super consistent. He's averaged over 50 total pressures in the last three seasons. Um, his pass rushing grades over 80 in each of those uh, seven, well, in each of the seven years that he's been in the league. Um, it, it's, it's really good. And oh, oh, by the way, he was a fifth round pick. He's one of the best at that position, no doubt about it. Definitely deserves to be in the, in the top uh, 50 and for the Falcons he might be one of their most important players if this was a Falcons list he might be like one or two. Oh yeah um, no doubt about it uh, moving on here this is uh, the first Cleveland Brown of the uh, of the of the list and I'm sure we're going to see a bunch more it's safety John Johnson obviously that was one of the biggest moves in free agency um, at least in the uh, AFC North when you talk about the Cleveland Browns and, and the fact that their secondary was not great last year, they brought in, in my opinion, one of the best safeties in football in John Johnson. The third, he's, I mean, he's a beast dude. I mean, he's earned a PFF coverage grade uh, of at least 80 in every healthy season he's played. And he's graded above 85 in the two healthy years since his rookie year. Again, health is a concern, but man, he, uh, again, as I said before, he's one of the best safeties in the league. And boy, does he make that Browns defense even scarier than it already was. Yeah, definitely. I mean, this is not what you wanted to see if you're a Pittsburgh Steelers fan. The Browns getting a guy like this to an already pretty much solid defensive unit. This yep. is just the last guy. And he wasn't even the last guy that they right. that they added to their roster. Yep. Again, you go to the draft, too. They got some help there with uh, JOK. Ooh, that's a scary defense in, uh, in Cleveland. But John Johnson absolutely makes that uh, a hell of a lot better. Moving on to number 40, uh, it's another guy that the Steelers are familiar with. It's a guy, I think, that became a superstar last year, and that's Josh Allen, the quarterback of the Buffalo Bills. Maybe it's had low, just 40 on this list. Um, still hasn't, you know, he hasn't been had a long tenure, I suppose, right. in the NFL. Man, did he make a huge a leap. quantum yeah. leap last year. Um, I think a lot of people thought that he was going to be a, a really solid NFL starter, a, star, a, a solid NFL quarterback. But I don't know if people thought that last year would happen as quick as it did, especially with uh, the questions about his arm, his accuracy, I should say. He's got a bazooka for an arm. There's no question about that. But, man, was he – he was just fantastic last year. Um, and, again, I think bringing in without, some digs. Yeah, without without Josh Allen, I mean, they have Mitch Trubisky as the backup. If you're yeah. a Bills fan, you do not want Mitch Trubisky as your quarterback. You no. want You want Josh Allen. I mean, there are – there are probably two-thirds of NFL teams out there who would take Josh Allen. The only other third is teams that are the Kansas City Chiefs or the Tampa Bay Buccaneers or the Baltimore Ravens, teams with a locked and loaded quarterback. It's just quarterbacks are so valuable, and I think Josh Allen definitely is going to one day make that. He's already made the leap, but he'll make another yeah. stride, I think, to make to that upper echelon of quarterbacks. I think uh... – this is a he's a dark horse in my opinion this year to win the for league MVP. MVP. I really believe that. I think Not, it depends on how well the Bills do. Yeah, I mean if they're now, on the I, same I know, way they were last year. I know, I know MVP voting disregards playoff performances, but you can't also ignore it either I, because let's say if Matt Ryan doesn't make it to the Super Bowl with the Falcons in 2016, I don't think he wins the MVP that year. Yeah, probably not. But at the same time. Um, 
That's the best example I can think of. Yeah. But I, I do think, I mean, and then you have examples such as Patrick Mahomes when he won in 2018 yeah. and then Lamar Jackson who won in 2019. Neither of those guys made it to the Super Bowl, but they right. still dominated the regular oh. season to no other. Yeah. Like no other, sorry. And I think it's possible that you see Josh Allen make another leap. It's just, yeah. I think for him, he's not so much dynamic as Patrick Mahomes or Lamar Jackson. No. So you're going to have to see a leadership quality yeah. in him and, in order to win that MVP. And I know we're talking a lot about Allen here, but he just does it in such a different way. Right. Um, you know, like like Lamar Jackson has the mm-hmm. game-breaking speed and he's all – but and Allen has great speed for a quarterback too. Oh, yeah. But it's just a different style of it. He's a mm-hmm. punisher. He'll put – you know what I mean? And you worry about that too with Josh Allen. Will he stay healthy and the type of player that he is? I don't know, but I just think – we haven't seen a guy like that in, in a long time that's like that physically tough and that athletic and that, you know what I mean? He just, again, like we keep talking about, took a huge a huge leap forward last year, and I personally believe that he can take another one this year and, and become one of the league's top two, three, four, five quarterbacks. I, I really believe that. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if he's going to overtake Mahomes. I don't think so. But at the same time, he's he's an absolute superstar. Yeah. Moving on to number 39, and this is a guy that I think a lot of people, at least from a fantasy perspective, and that's kind of, you know, what this article kind of is. You know, you talk about the top 50. These are guys that offensively are going to be on your your fantasy teams. It's Alvin Kamara in in, uh, New Orleans, and I think that's because of the situation. Um, He's number 39. And, again, we know the talent that that Kamara has a couple years ago. He broke out. He was unbelievable um, in that offense in New Orleans. He's such a a two-way type of running back. He can receive. He can run. But I think the situation there, not to say that he's going to have a bad year. People have completely soured on him. But, man, it's its not the same when you have Taysom Hill yeah. and, and Jameis Winston, and you still don't know you who the starter is going to be. You talk about respecting yeah. certain games and certain pos- schemes, and the Saints or the opposing teams to the Saints just aren't going to be respecting the pass game as much. So I think he's going to lose a little bit of that dual threat versus oh, no Yeah, I mean, I think – I don't know if it's going to fall off a cliff – by any stretch. It's just not going to be as prevalent no, as, I, as respected. I don't think he's going to have the same type of year. Granted, he definitely could, but he's also a guy that in his entire career in the NFL hasn't had over 225 carries in a year. Right. Not to say that that necessarily means anything. Again, they, they've kind of had a stable of running backs there when he's been there, but the situation for him, mm. you know, it, it worries you a little bit because he does have immense talent. There, there, there's no question. Oh, yeah. And he deserves to be on this list. And hell, even next year after a bad year, he's probably one of the best 50 players in the league. Mm. But the situation kind of dictates that a little bit. Moving on to 38, this is uh, another uh, familiar face in the AFC. It's wide receiver A.J. Brown. Um, and this was the guy that the, the Titans completely wanted to be their number one receiver coming into this year. I don't think they thought that they would have uh, been able to bring Julio Jones no. in, but they definitely did that. And that can only make A.J. Brown better. He was a yeah. number one receiver last year. Now, now you're going to be the number two guy. Right. All the targets, all, all the defenders Attention, were scheming yeah. for you. Now they're going to be scheming for Julio. That can easily lead you to get a lot more then even if you even if you were the one number one guy last year and you're the number two guy, you could still get better production this year because of bringing in a guy like Julio Jones. Yep, I mean he was unbelievable last year. AJ Brown was. It's only going to make that that offense better in Tennessee. And again, when you're Ryan Tannehill and you're throwing the ball to AJ Brown and Julio Jones, 
That's pretty good. And, oh, by the way, you're going to hand the ball off to Derrick Henry 25 times a game, which will probably get to him in this list, I'm sure. Um, real quick about A.J. Brown. He averaged 2.66 yards per route run since he's entered the league. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, tied for second in the league. And then he also has broken more tackles. He's had 33 broken tackles than any other wide receiver in that span. And he's shown he's a complete number one. Obviously, that's going to be um, – I think am- amplified when you have Julio oh, yeah. Jones opposite opposite of you. You could have two guys there that have 13, 14, 1,500 yards. I mean, that's a real possibility um, if everybody stays healthy. Moving on to 37, uh, it's Nick Chubb of the Cleveland Browns. Shouldn't um, come as a surprise. No, I, I think he's a little underrated here. But at the same time, um, he's only second to Derrick Henry um, in his rushing grades since he entered the league. I think rushing yards, too. I think the, yeah. the top two guys in basically every rushing category have Those been two. Derrick Henry and Nick Chubb since Chubb's come into the league. And again, I think, too, we talk about we just talked about the, the stable of running backs when we talked about Kamara. Not to say that it hurts Chubb because having, um, having Kareem Hunt is a huge advantage. But again, that takes away a little bit of the shine because he's not out there every single down. But again, whew, uh, he's still one of the best backs in the league. There, there's no question about that. Nick Chubb is an absolute. I would say beast. right now he is number two behind yeah. Derrick Henry. Yeah, I think I think that's fair, especially off of the work of last year. And he was beat up last year, and the Browns weren't all that great without him last year. Then they got him back, and you really see what type of impact he has on the Cleveland Browns, what type of impact he had on that offense. Mm-hmm. And oh, by the way, Baker Mayfield got a hell of a lot better right. last year when he came back. Right. Um, so yeah, absolutely is. Uh, he's a he's a force to be reckoned with, and the Steelers are going to be. Uh, really familiar with him for the next handful of years. Uh, moving on to 36, it is Bryce Callahan, the corner from the Denver Broncos. Um, and PFF says he may be the most underrated player in the NFL, um, an undersized slot corner by trade. Um, he was obviously asked to really move up and be kind of a number two corner. Um, really, really good, uh, obviously, is Bryce Callahan. And again, I wonder, too, we that's a team that's very interesting in the Denver Broncos. Yeah, especially if they get a quarterback upgrade yeah. in, in the Aaron Rodgers sweepstakes. It oh, could, be, could be dangerous. And that defense is is just going to yeah. get healthy next year. Yeah, you got right. uh, Vaughn Miller coming back. Right. It's very interesting. Bradley Chubb will be there. Yeah, yeah, right. It's a good defense there, and Callahan has definitely stepped up in that role. Uh, moving on to 35, it's Julio Jones of the, the guy Titans. we just talked about. We talked about him a yeah. lot. Pair him with, um, AJ, with AJ Brown. Brown. That's a really good tandem there. He's probably jumped up the, to the number one receiving core in the NFL. Yeah, that's I mean, I don't even I, I, you don't even need to tell me who their number three is. Yeah. You just go off the number you just go off one the and two. two names. That's really good. I mean, I don't know another team that comes close to just two guys. Star power. Or, yeah, yeah. Or that I, good. I don't think there are. That gives you uh, a little indication there. Thirty-four is Allen Robinson of the Chicago Bears. We are. I'm a little Penn shocked guy. that he. Is higher than guys like Julio, yeah, like Stephon Diggs. I would put I would put Allen Robinson more in the Michael Thomas level. Yeah, Michael Thomas 40s. tier. Yeah. yeah, I hear you there, and and I think part of that too is the quarterback play that he's had. Sure. I mean, I mean okay, let's let's give him credit because oof. unlike Michael Thomas, this the one year of Michael Thomas's career where he didn't have a guy like Drew Brees throwing to him, he didn't put up the big numbers. Yeah. However, Allen Robinson's entire NFL career has never had. I don't know. I, I was it Blake Bortles throwing him the ball in Jacksonville, and then recently it's been Mitch Trubisky in Chicago and Nick, Foles, and, last year and Nick too. Foles, who is a shell of himself, uh, at least of the Philly version that we saw win the Super Bowl a couple years ago. 
That's the only. I, I will give Allen Robinson a lot more credit yeah. than I will Michael Thomas. And, and maybe that's the thinking for PFF. Yeah, I here. guess so because he's had no quarterback whatsoever, and he's still yeah one of the. I best. mean, get Allen Robinson. I mean, as long as Justin Fields can throw the ball, as if Justin Fields pans out, that'll be the best thing to ever, ever, ever happen to Allen Robinson. And that's exactly what PFF says about you know maybe Justin Fields can provide that sense of stability at the quarterback mm-hmm. position for him. Maybe he's even better than what we've seen so far. That's pretty tough to do. Uh, moving on to 33, it's Eric Kendricks, the linebacker from the Vikings. He's one of the best coverage linebackers in the NFL. Yeah, there's no arguing this and one. And as PFF points out, it has never been more difficult for linebackers to play in coverage as it is right now. Everybody's faster, bigger, stronger. Um, you need to be that, that you know, to play linebacker in this league now, you not only need to stop the run, you really need to cover the pass. And, and Eric Kendricks is fantastic mm-hmm. at that. The Vikings are a team that are really interesting. I mean, last year they underachieved. Tom loves them, uh, loves the Minnesota Vikings, and I I think they're uh, a type of team that could, you know, make a playoff push this year. Um, And that's paired with the next guy at 32, another guy from the Vikings, Harrison Smith. Again, I think you cannot argue this one either. Yeah, Harrison Harrison Smith has just been so consistent. That's exactly what I was going to say. He's been the model of consistency for safeties, and he's so versatile, too. He can play everywhere Um, in in the – in the defense, he can go deep. He can play underneath. He can do everything. And it's amazing, too, because he's only getting older. It seems like Harrison Smith right. has been in the league for 15 years. Right. It just seems like that. And he's been at the top of his game. Yeah. He's, he's come into the league. Absolutely. Too, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, uh, Smith and Kendricks are two, uh, I think, rightly rated guys there. At number 31, this is the first Pittsburgh Steeler so of the list. Take this as you will, because it's, it's Cameron Hayward, which means there's only one other guy in the, in the black and gold making this list. Yep. So are you happy that finally Cameron Hayward, as as we've talked about so many times, has been an underrated and under-the-radar type player in terms of recognition? He's now uh, included on this list. But that also means there's one guy who you thought was going to make this list is not in the yeah. top 50. I mean, I was a little bit surprised. And obviously, it's Minka. We'll talk about that yeah. when we talk about some of the guys that, that didn't make the list. But... Um, yeah, I was a little. I was actually a little surprised to see Cam at thirty one. So was I. Um, I thought he was going to make that top twelve yeah, uh, or that next twelve in. Yeah, like a thirty and up. Yeah, yeah. I was a if little only, surprised. If only two guys were going to make the list, you had to figure it was going to be Minka and TJ. Yeah. yeah, and as it says here with PFF, when you talk about Cam, we've said this a lot on this show. His best four seasons are have seemed to be his last four seasons. The older he gets the better Cam seems to play. And again, you don't know how long that's going to last. You don't know if that's going to continue forever. And Father Time, nine mm-hmm. times out of ten, says no, it's not. And but I man, think that says a lot, too, about that his numbers aren't the flashiest either. No. Like, you're not seeing him sack the quarterback ten times at least per season. Right. He's not causing, like, a ton of fumbles, but he's still getting to the quarterback. He's still disrupting better than almost anyone yeah. other than not named Aaron Donald. Right, and he's doing his job, I, I think, better I mean just his job purely his job of playing defensive line he's doing his job better than just about anybody that plays that position as you said other than Aaron Donald Mm -hmm. uh, he's unbelievable as Cam Hayward and he just again like fine wine he continues to get better with age um, and he's completely deserving of making this list. Yeah, absolutely. List. I'm glad um, he made the list. I, you know, it's it's just which are you more? Which do you feel more passionately about that Cam Hayward deserves more recognition or the fact that Minka Fitzpatrick was I think somehow left? I off. think it's Minka that yeah, was left I guess off. So. Um, but he is just outside the list. Uh, just a, a little disclaimer there. At number thirty, it's Christian McCaffrey, uh, the Carolina Panthers running back. 
we all know who Christian McCaffrey is and what he is. He's yeah, unbelievable. I had said that Nick Chubb was number two only behind Derrick Henry, and I still stand behind that. I think so, I, too. I need to see what Christian McCaffrey can do coming back from injury because we've already seen now what Nick yeah. Chubb can do coming mm-hmm. back from injury. And, oh, by the way, he's got a new quarterback there, too. Does that at all affect his mm-hmm. on-the-field production? Very well might, but, um, you know, it's it could also work out in his favor really well, too. It's, um, you know, if Darnold stinks and, you know, He's dumping the ball off to McCaffrey, and he's got 13 catches a game, and he's still running, you know, has 140 all-purpose yards. Mm-hmm. Uh, it really could help out uh, the the stock yeah. of McCaffrey. But, again, we know who he is, and, and he's he's unbelievable. As you said, though, let's see what happens when he comes back from injury. I still think he's one of the best in the league, no doubt. Um, but, again, we'll see what happens with the injury and with Darnold now at the helm. Sure. At 29, it's an, another Baltimore Raven. Yep. The AFC North is is littered all over this list list excuse me and it's Except quarter- no bangles yeah no bangles right it's all ravens steelers and browns um it is corner marlon humphrey of the ravens and again he's a guy that we are all familiar with and he's one of the best in the league i mean he i know he, he lined up in the slot 58.8 percent of the snaps last year but again he plays all over the place. The Ravens' defense is always good. They always seem to to find a way, regardless of who they lose. And Marlon Humphrey, Humphrey is a big reason for that. He's mm-hmm. he's one oh, of yeah. the best. I mean, he's one of the best yeah, corners in the league, no doubt. And, and it was a big blow to the Steelers' nation when the Baltimore Ravens were able to snag him. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And and again, they got a good defense over there. Humphrey's great. And he comes in at 29 in the league. And I think that's properly uh, sure. rated for yeah. him. Uh, 28 is Ryan uh, Ramchek, uh, the tackle See, for the Saints. This is not, I'm okay with this ranking. When we were talking about Teron Armstead earlier, mm-hmm. coming in at what the, the 40s like 40 or 39 or, or something, something like yeah, something like that. I was not. I, I did not see the logic in that. But Ryan Ramchek is one of the best tackles in the league. I totally understand that. Yep, and again, he's going to be uber important next year when mm-hmm. it's Taysom Hill and, and Jameis Winston and or Jameis Winston at the helm next year um, for. New Orleans, that he's going to be uber important. This next guy um, was emerging as one of the best, I think, one of the best edge guys in the league, um, and that's Nick Bosa of the 49ers. He wasn't healthy last year either. Neither of the Bosas were, no. to be honest. Uh, and I, I think, you know, it's hard to believe, as, as PFF points out here, that we've only seen the rookie version of Nick Bosa. Yeah. It seems like we've seen so much more, but we haven't seen a full season of that yet. He's still at 27 on PFF's list here. He's, I mean, he's fantastic. He really is, and mm-hmm. both of the Bosa's are. Um, Nick, again, as I said, I think he was really coming into form, but we've only seen one year of him, right. which is really surprising, but it's also, I think it says a lot about him considering we've only really seen one full season, yeah. and he's still you know, in the top 30 of mm-hmm. this list. It says a lot about him. Uh, moving on to 26, it's Dalvin Cook of the Minnesota Vikings. And, you know, we said that you, you said that you think Chubb's number two. I think the only guy that, that might rival him in the running back room based on purely running the football is this guy. Um, I don't know. He's not the best back in the mm-hmm. league, but Dalvin Cook was who he was yeah. unbelievable. Yeah, last this year. is the last guy we'll have in this episode. And I think it's a good guy to have just because the running back conversation, as you just said, Kellen, it's I. It's not so clear and dry, cut and clear. Yeah, I think it, I think it's Derrick Henry number one, Nick Chubb number two, but Dalvin Cook 
is posing problems for my logic just yeah. because he's been so good over the past three or four years. He's been so consistent, even on a team that's very pass-reliant with Kirk Cousins and Adam Thielen and when Stephon Diggs was there. Dalvin now Justin Cook, Jefferson, yeah. And now it's Justin Jefferson. Dalvin Cook has still been the model of consistency, yeah. as you like to say. No doubt. And, and this is, um, I think Dalvin Cook can be a, a reason for um, optimism for Steeler fans, um, even though the offensive line doesn't necessarily look great on paper right now for the Steelers after losing to Castro. This right up here about about Dalvin Cook is very true. It says Cook continues to outperform the blocking in front of him and earned uh, a 90.2 PFF rushing grade, the best of his career. That's all with a pretty mediocre offensive line. That's all with I, I you know I, I shouldn't say they're terrible because they're not, but it's mediocre. It's average, and mm-hmm. Dalvin Cook has still done oh, yeah. what he's done. It's very impressive. Not to say that that is going to be what happens for the Steelers next year uh, with Najee Harris at the helm in the running back room. But it gives you a little bit of optimism about the fact that Dalvin Cook has done what he's done with a, a less than a less than stellar offensive oh, yeah. line in Minnesota. So that uh, we get to what number twenty six. So we have twenty five more to go. Uh-huh. We're gonna do that in the next episode. We're gonna round out the uh, top twenty five players in the league according to PFF. Uh, thank you as always for listening on Steelers Nation Radio or on Steeler.com and wherever it is that you get your podcast. For Jacob Recht, I'm Kellen Gursky. We'll talk to you next time.